0: Welcome to Heard It on the Shark, North Mississippi's podcast for informed listeners with your show host, Melinda Marsalis. Heard It on the Shark is a weekly podcast that airs every Tuesday on the Shark 102.3 FM radio station based in Ripley, Mississippi. Melinda Marsalis interviews the movers and shakers in North Mississippi who are making things happen. By clicking subscribe, you'll hear from entrepreneurs, leaders of business, medicine, education, and the people behind the amazing things happening in North Mississippi. When people ask you, how did you know about that? You'll say, I heard it on the shark. Heard it on the shark is brought to you by Sunbear Studio. Sunbear Studio is a boutique recording studio in the heart of Ripley, Mississippi. When you record with us at Sunbear Studio, we can mix, master, register, and publish your music, your podcast, or your family story. Email us when you're ready at sunbearjc.media. At
1: This program was recorded at Sun Bear Studio in Ripley, Mississippi.
0: Hey, Shark fans, it's Melinda with another episode of Heard It on the Shark, and today in Sun Bear Studio, I have with me Mr. Jamar Bell, who is the Recruitment Specialist for the Mississippi Department of Child Protective Services. He serves Tippa, Alcorn, Union, Lafayette, Benton, Marshall, Prentice, and Tishomingo Counties, so pretty much all of shark territory. Jamar, thanks so much for coming into the studio today.
1: It's a pleasure being here.
0: Now, Jamar you came last October and we chatted with your colleague Ashley Blackburn and she is serving the the west side of the state you're serving the east side of the state okay so now let's just talk about how do you manage all of those counties
1: oh definitely one thing is I definitely have to do a lot of travel I have to get the community involved social media is just amazing because I can be at multiple places texting people emailing people all right there being able to set up events right at the comfort of my computer. So social media helps me out a lot, phone calls, and definitely the community being able to reach out to me and say, hey, we have this upcoming event. So social media, phones, (laughs) the blessing of technology.
0: Absolutely. And tell me about the sorts of things that you are tasked with doing in your job?
1: Definitely. I am tasked with, like I said, going to events, setting up, letting people be aware that we do need foster parents, reaching out to the community saying, hey, this area we have six, maybe 60 kids in this county. How can the community help me look out for, I guess, people that are interested in fostering? So one of my goals is just going out, reaching, getting the community involved to learn and to help find homes for children. So
0: that is your main job is to find families who are willing to learn more about foster care and then possibly take that step and become foster
1: parents. Yes, and those who have an interest in fostering, maybe they know somebody who wants to foster. Give them, reaching out to me and say, hey, I have this person that's interested in fostering. I contact them, help them get started on the process.
0: Tell me a little bit about the process.
1: So the process, one, you have to go online to our website, www.mdcps.ms.gov. You can fill out an application. There. A lot of questions is do I have to be married to be a foster parent? No, you could be married or legally single as long as someone's not cohabiting home that's not supposed to be there in a sense. So, your age, it makes a big a, Very important. You have to be 21 years old. You have to have a financially stable job. You can have kids. I think our limit is up to four, no more than four in the home. So, those are Some of our requirements must be have transportation, I think, uh, and also a heart and patience with our children. It's very important.
0: Yeah, so let's just talk about some of the different groups of children. I I would guess that it's easiest to find foster parents who would like to take little children, say, third or fourth grade and younger.
1: One of the things I know when I was a licensure specialist, licensing homes, their favorite age was zero to five. But honestly, we need more, uh, I guess, teens, sibling groups. Our teens definitely need help. A lot of times there's a misconception about teenagers. I've been a teenager before, and so I know I was a pretty good teenager. So if I would have came into custody, I always think, well, will somebody be willing to take me? I was a straight-A student, ended up doing very well on my ACT. I was playing sports but I always had that thought of, if I ever came into custody, will somebody take me? There are plenty of kids out there, plenty of teenagers, straight A students, good, very good at sports. But when they come into custody, people have this misconception, oh, this is a bad kid. They're not willing to learn. I always say you always got to give people a chance. A lot of times, it's not the teenager's fault that they're in this situation.
0: I would say a majority of the time, the kid has nothing. They can't help.
1: Definitely. It's, they can't like, help it's out parents. of their control. That's right.
0: That's right. And the parents aren't bad people necessarily either. Yes. they Perhaps. Perhaps made some bad choices or going through a bad time and they just need a minute to get back on their feet and you're helping them do that.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: What are some other small groups of children that particularly need foster parents?
1: Also, I special need children and it, it really hits me because I have a child who's autistic. A lot of times with the misconception of autism, they can be difficult. I have a six-year-old. He's in school. He is doing exceptionally well in school. He is autistic. They do take patience and love just like any other child. So it's definitely someone who has the heart and the patience to say, hey, I want to help. I want to help a special needs child.
0: All right. Special needs children and teenagers, you particularly need foster parents for. And I would imagine when there's three or four siblings, that's hard to place also.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I grew up in a household of seven kids. That's a lot kids. And imagine, I always, I guess being in this profession, I always put myself in those situations. What if all of us came into custody? And one thing, I probably wouldn't want to be separated from my siblings. And I want to one thing the MDCPS does, now that was seven of us. They would probably try to put us all in a, at least close together. And one of those things is the foster parents that are willing to take seven groups.
0: What about children whose parents are Spanish speakers? Do you ever have any bilingual foster parents?
1: I have ran into I do have some that are have somewhat of a knowledge, I guess, of speaking Spanish. I've had incidents where children have come into custody that only speak Spanish. So there's always a huge need for bilingual foster parents. It will help out a lot.
0: What kind of time commitment are we talking about here? Let's talk about the training and then the actual fostering. So on training, how much time does it take to get yourself trained and accepted as a foster parent?
1: So generally it takes 17 to 18 hours. You have to do a online training and then you have to do a PATH training, which is a in-person training where you meet with other people who want to be foster parents. And then you have a licensure specialist who teaches the class. Then there's the online part, which you go through a PowerPoint. The PowerPoint goes over things that you need to know as being a fostering parent, like behavior management and so many other things. And then there's like a test at the end of that. But once that's completed, it's like 17, 18 hours of training. Once that's completed, fostering generally is supposed to be a temporary service. Our main goal is to get them back as home as quickly as possible.
0: Is it fair to say maybe a month to three months that that you might be fostering someone?
1: It could depend. Some days it could be two days, some days two months, two years and then could be a point where they say, Hey, could you adopt this child? So foster parent is just it it's I, I guess there's no worries I could put into it. It all depends on, I guess, the willingness of the birth parents to get their children back sometimes.
0: Jamar, what if, if you became a foster parent and CPS gives you a call and says, we have two teenagers, brother and sister, who have come into custody, and we would like for you to take them in your home. And you're a foster parent with that county. Do you have the ability to say yes or no to that?
1: Definitely. And also, you have the ability to have full disclosure. You can know anything about the kids. As much as the agency knows, a lot of times when a child just comes into custody, there's as much as they know. They know their age they might know their possible medications, allergies, and they give you as much information as they know at that time. So you have an opportunity to have full disclosure. What's going on? Why is the child into custody? To be able to say, well, I want to take these two children, or I don't think I can do this.
0: A lot of our listeners are going to have a church home and, and church groups that they work with. If they don't want to necessarily become foster parents themselves, but do want to support your effort, name some things that maybe a church group or a Um, civic group could do to support you?
1: Definitely. They can reach out to me. My number is 662-436-3596. I've had events where I've spoken at churches just to get people to know a better understanding of fostering. And if someone's interested there, they can sit there with me and I can help them apply right there to be a foster parent.
0: Hey, and you're doing a a really great thing at the public libraries in the counties that you serve. Could you talk to me a little bit about that?
1: So I've started, me and my supervisor, I used to do them online, but my supervisor said, you know what, let's try to reach out. Let's go out and about to see if we can get people. So what I've started doing on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I've hosted events at libraries where you can apply right there on site with me. And if you have any questions, I can answer those questions right then and there. So I can always kind of, keep you updated. Hey, look, this is what you need. Also, I can tell you the requirements of being a foster parent. I can go and give you a little extra help. Say, hey, look, this is what they're going to be looking for when they come out to your home.
0: I'm sure our listeners know that we have a shark calendar that we keep at shark1023.com and we're going to put your events on our calendar, but where else can they find them?
1: They can find them on Facebook. I've started using Facebook events, so where you can search the city and then search, put events, and it should pop up. What
0: is the name of your Facebook page?
1: It's a Jamar Bell.
0: J-A-M-A-R-B-E-L-L.
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. For
0: those of you listening, I will put all of Jamar's contact information that he's talked about in the show notes. If you're listening to this on the radio, this will become a podcast that you can find on Amazon and Google and Apple Podcasts. (laughs) If you're listening to the podcast, just look down at the bottom of the show notes and you'll see Jamar's contact information. Jamar, are there things that foster parents or the local county CPS office can use? Like, I know that we've collected suitcases before, little overnight bags for children that didn't have any and donated those to our local CPS. Are there things like that that come up often that
1: you guys could use? Definitely. I think uh, what you'll have to do, you'll have to go to that county office, talk to their clerk, because I think all it has to be documented. So you can tell them, hey, I have a few items that I would like to donate. Definitely talk to the Kirk to see if she can take them things. If she can, she'll probably document them, and then it'll help a lot.
0: Yeah, so call your local CPS office mm-hmm. and see if they have a need for socks or underwear or suitcases or what have
1: you. Oh, definitely uh, socks, suitcases, I guess things like that. Generally, when children first come into custody, they do need a little. A lot of things. Sometimes she's come into custody with nothing, so anything could help. Hygiene. Yeah anything.
0: Right. I know our local CPS office in Tippa County has a closet and they the children can go through and get things that they need out of the closet.
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: Okay, Jamar, you're a hero and we thank, thank you for you. your service.
1: Thank y'all for having me on the radio.
0: Okay, Shark fans, that's it for this edition of Heard It on the Shark. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. to find out what's going on from local community leaders. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion for an interview or you want access to this interview, go to our website. Website, shark1023.com and click on the podcast tab. Keep it tuned to the Shark 1023 and have a great rest of the day. Thanks for tuning in to our daily programming. All of our programs are released as podcasts on the major podcast platforms where the information can be downloaded and shared for months. If your business or organization would like to take this unique opportunity to sponsor a show that not only is broadcast as a radio program, but also a podcast, give the Shark 1023 headquarters a call at 662-837-1023. Imagine your commercial in this space every week. Give us a call. This show is made possible by JC Media LLC in Ripley, Mississippi. JC Media owns the Shark 102.3 Classic Rock FM radio station where the show is hosted and Sun Bear Recording Studio where the interviews are recorded. We need your feedback and support. If you listen to the podcast on a player like iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. We also have an email in which you can share your feedback. That email is theshark1023 at gmail.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app or stream episodes online at shark1023.com front slash podcast. Today's episode was produced by Melinda Marsalis. It was edited by Rick Williams and engineered by Chris Marsalis. The podcast technician is Joyce Grady.